Hello everyone uh, out there in uh, burping land. This is uh, Hack the Dino and this is our gaming cast where we are the most child-friendly and happiest place on earth. I'm Ben Rosenthal, one of the uh, co-hosts of this very fine show. And joining me as per usual, almost usual, most of the time, is the enabler... And the man who single-handedly, that's right, single-handedly saved the world from ultimate destruction with his burping superpowers. That's right, Floppy Staric is here. Floppy, tell us about your burping powers. Well, you know, it's uh, it's a little uncontrollable. You never know when it's really going to take hold. Mm, mm. And sometimes it tastes funny. Apparently Floppy has no audio. Apparently Floppy has no audio, which is always... A good thing, in case you hadn't realised lately, um, we've been having problems with the uh, ye olde uh, uh, Dino PC. We thought we had it fixed, and then it decided to uh, take its ball, shoot for a hoop, uh, it, it, it ricocheted off the side, and fell down uh, without scoring a goal. But nonetheless, I will continue rambling, because Anto's here as well, frantically trying to get the PC to work. Uh, Anto, how are we looking for uh, Floppy's audio? Um... Do I have audio? Apparently, have audio on the mic. Yeah. yeah, Ben, can you quickly cover your mic with your hands, and then Floppy, can you say something? Sure, can. Uh, apparently, no one can hear me, but I can see my mic is picking up stuff. That's right, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast. If you're listening to us over yep, on it's working. Uh, SoundCloud or over on Spotify, Floppy may have been muted for quite some time, but if you did hear Floppy throughout that whole period, it means I've spent hours going back over the video footage, grabbing those sound bites and putting it back in. So you can all thank me by going over to hackthedino.com and visiting our YouTube page over at youtube.com backslash hackthedino. Uh, also, uh, on uh, uh, what else do we do it on? Twitch.com. TV backslash hack the dino. Uh, Spotify already said that, but uh, most of all, most importantly, tell your friends. Um, uh, let let the people know that uh, you know we we. Uh, oh God, what what? what? I like uh, Dylan the villain's scene into the future. He's just called it hack the final. <laughs> <laughs> so you know something that we don't, mate. I <laughs> uh, you know something I know. Um, but Anto, hello, you're here as well. I am here as well. Working um, very I, hard behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't have a camera. You don't so have a camera. I'm working on something which is going to bear fruit in a few seconds. Well, while you're bearing your fruit... <laughs> Would you want me to talk about what I've been playing? Yes. Uh, it's probably a good idea. But, can, uh, Anto, can you just make sure you put like a, a tarp down or something while you bear that fruit? I've got to sit in that chair later. <laughs> Funny sex jokes. There you go, kids. Hey, what? I said bearing fruit. He's got uh, a couple of uh, melons there. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Like, I'm a big dude, but I'm not that big. You like melons. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, do you want to know what I've been playing? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> Have they uh, been melons? No. No, no, no. I, I, I've actually been playing, funnily enough, I'm the one that's been playing Final Fantasy VII. By the hey. way, grapefruits are lemons. Okay. I was talking about Anto's grapefruits. Uh-huh. He's a big, big fan of grapefruits. Thanks, mate. Big old hairy grapefruits. <laughs> Shut you up, Ben. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII. Instead of Vanto for a change. Uh, but I am playing the remake. Uh, I jumped into it the other day and got far enough in that it really has actually snagged me. It's really cool. It is such a pretty game. Like, it looks so good. The remake? Yeah, yeah, it's unreal. Uh, so I've been playing the remake. I'm talking to Anto on the way here. I think I'm about 20 to 25% of the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoroughly enjoying it. I don't particularly understand the material and... All that stuff, yeah. I just do stuff that sounds cool. Are you living in a material world? Uh, I am a material girl. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, and it's awesome. <laughs> um, we have a floating head. We do. Uh, that's how I'm going to be represented on the show this week. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's not at all... Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so how are you, how, how you finding the old Final Fantasy VII besides... You know, you're 25%. Are you hooked? Are you, are you uh, I am. I am now. I, over the last couple of days, I've gotten hooked. So I'm pretty keen to get back into that and keep going. Uh, I what really... can, I, can I ask? And this yeah, is, again, an earnest question. What is it that got you hooked into it? Is it um, the characters? Is it the way it plays? Is it the, the world? It's the characters. It is... I really dig the world, actually. Is it Mid- Midgard? Yep. Midgard, um, yeah. Midgar. Midgar? Yeah, I really dig the world. I like the whole sort of slums and they've got like the the sun lamps in there to be able to light it all to give it this effect of it's being out in the open. It's just, 
It's very cool um, concepts that have been all put into the story. Nice. I really like it. I like the character designs. I like I like the combat. I don't know how much it differs from the original one, really. Anto? Drastically. There you go. Um, I really like the combat in this one. Is Was the original turn-based yeah, combat? Yeah, the original was just straight up turn-based with the active time battle system. And this <laughs> is a straight up action remake where mm. your active like time pace. battle segments give you special abilities instead of your default attacks. Oh, and the, the limit breaks or whatever they're called yep those things the summons and stuff like that they're all those effects are awesome yeah right yeah so far i really well i mean final fantasy was always known for having really good uh would you call them cutscenes? um i would say cutscenes and like just uh, story elements spectacle moments yeah spectacle moments Mm. that's a good way to put it yeah they're very good at that and it is very eye-catching and yeah i really enjoy the characters they're all kind of over the top um, not always exaggerated in over-the-top ways, like, say, Tifa and Jesse and uh, was it Biggs, Biggs and, and Wedge. Wedge? So all the guys from Avalanche, basically. They're Star Wars characters. They I are. I know. <laughs> Is that a coincidence? Uh, I don't know. They were put in as an homage to Star Wars as of, I think, Final Fantasy VI. So Biggs and Wedge... And they've been in every one since. And Widja Antilles, who's played by Dennis Lawson. Which is... Ewan McGregor's uncle. uncle. Yeah. yeah, I knew that. Okay. Um, I really dig Biggs uh, in this because he looks like Solid Snake. Well, really? Yeah. Huh. Hang on, is it Biggs or is it Wedge? No, it's Biggs. Biggs that was the red is the bandana. one that you're thinking of, yeah. yeah. Uh, huh? I know that Tifa's like the main love interest. I just know that just no. being around. Uh, really? Or T- oh, she looks like she's going to be the main interest. Well, <laughs> that, oh that no, face, that face works really well for that. <laughs> no, um, I'm not going to go too much into it because spoilers. Um, yeah, but effectively, it's it's designed to be a love triangle. But Aerith, yeah. um, Aerith, Tifa, and Cloud. Yeah, yeah. But Aerith's attachment and interest in Cloud is is less immediately romantic and more based around other characters. Yeah, whereas Tifa is like immediately romantic from their time together before he went away and became a soldier. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I'm all about Jesse. Jesse is sick. I like, I'm, I'm like be with Jesse. Jesse's cool. Do you wish you had Jesse's girl? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. You know, I wish that. No. no. All right. What have you been playing, Ben? Um, so I have actually, in the past couple of weeks, I don't know if I mentioned it last show, but I managed to get myself on an old CRT TV. And it's a Triton, um, one of the, the cool, uh, well, well known retro TVs, cool for uh, retro gaming. Uh, got given to me by a fellow retro gamer, which is really, really nice. And then I found a nice little uh, 90s TV unit on Gumtree yeah. for 20 bucks. Such bought it match. home, put it together, and it's legitimately like it was made for it. The color scheme's the same. The TV fits perfectly on there. Uh, so I hooked up all my childhood consoles to it. So my NES, my SNES, my uh, GameCube, and my Nintendo 64 that I had as a kid and have just been spending any spare moment I have, which hasn't been a lot. I've got a script due very, very... I've got a script due at the end of this weekend, actually. What are you running a script for? Uh, XCT. Uh, that, oh, a comic? Yeah, yeah, a comic. Cool. Um, that's due. It <laughs> was due a couple of weeks back, but there's been issues. Oh, um, but anyway, no, no, there hasn't been issues. No, and I certainly <laughs> haven't been playing my uh, comic book game. Uh, my comic book game, my uh, retro games. Anyway, oh. uh, I've j- I've just been going through my library. I played uh, for the first time ever because I never had it and I never got around to playing it. Castlevania. You've never played. I'd never played Castlevania before. I'd played the other ones, but not the NES. Oh, uh, I, I so, played a Nintendo game that you had. Yeah, well, I've played it now. Um, yes, Anto? <laughs> I, I'm just shocked that as the big Nintendo collector that you are, you've not played Castlevania prior to this week. <laughs> well, it's a Konami game, so, you know. But it's also one of the games that's sort of responsible for putting Nintendo on the map in the sort of early 90s. Yeah, but I was too busy playing, like, Zelda and, and, and Mario a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Dylan the Villain has convinced you actually stole the TV and no one gave it to you. <laughs> uh, my reputation precedes me. Wow, he also called me a naive sod. Wow. The uh, Twitch chat going off tonight. Just all the hate. <laughs> I'm going to cry a little bit. I, I don't know if it's hate and just text doesn't translate well unless you use a lot of punctuation. Text doesn't change, <laughs> translate well unless you use emojis. Mm. Which you hate. So. I hate emojis. Anyway, uh, so I've been playing that. I played uh, Kirby on the NES, Kirby's Dreamland. Cool. That was a fun time. Uh, I played a heap of Duck Hunt. <laughs> oh yeah! Now that I've got the CRT got up and going, I got my light gun going. I played Duck Hunt. Nice. Um, that was really cool. 
Uh, Mario Brothers, I finished again for like the squillionth time. Uh, yeah, just a hell of a lot of fun. I booted it up earlier just to show the guys the sound that comes out of it because this particular TV has a extra speaker. It a, like a subwoofer almost. Yeah. It has so, a bass boosted speaker. Yeah, we booted up GoldenEye and you see this and these guys whoa! Really cool sound. And the best thing is that speaker on top as well actually comes off and I can put it somewhere around the room which I've I won't. Noticed. But yeah, uh, really, really cool. Really fun time. Um, apart from that, I, I actually haven't been playing a lot else. I've, I've had real life stuff to actually do. So that's boring. Anyway, Anto, you been playing much of anything? Um, not anything outside of the usual. Um, the last week or so, the most time I've put into gaming has been with Final Fantasy XIV. Um, Coda and I are now in the second to last um, story expansion, um, which has been fantastic. Like, some of the best, if not my favourite set of writing so far in a video game in maybe the last ten years. Hmm. Like, it's absolutely phenomenal as far as, like, story... Like, how the story beats happen, just, it's... I can't say anything just in case someone plays it, because spoilers, but oh my god, it's good, and people should play it, because it's free. Oh, cool. Free games. Free games are a good game. Up to level 60. Are you suggesting I was going to play level uh, Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, I mean, people should. <laughs> is it an online multiplayer game? It is indeed, but you can play I by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you play Fortnite. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't play something as in, that you have to be as invested in as that. That's true. You rely on other people. Uh, and just time is a lot more just a lot of work time spent playing compared to something like Fortnite where you can just jump in for um, 20 minutes yeah get run like, over by a car and go again 14 does I hate to say require as if it's a bad thing but if you want to get the most out of it you kind of do need to commit to it and play it often um, but yeah I've been doing that and uh, as people have probably seen I've been streaming Final Fantasy 7 the original um, the last week or two uh, and I'm doing a challenge run where I only use the basic equipment from the start of the game for every character and I'm not allowed to change it. Oh, <laughs> it's like I did with Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that. Yeah, but on purpose, mate. <laughs> <laughs> not. Oh, what? I can upgrade? Oh, these battles aren't supposed to go for three and a half hours? Cool. Yeah. It's, cool times. Uh, it's, it's shocking uh, getting a game over for the first time in like 20 years. <laughs> you know what else we've been doing, though? What else have we been doing, Floppy? We went to the toy fair. We did go to the Adelaide Toy and Comic Fair. And Saw a few people that are in the chat there, too. Man, what is, that, that was a great time. The Adelaide Toy and uh, Comic Fair is always a good time. It's on twice a year over here in Adelaide, South Australia. April and October. Yeah. On weekends. Uh, and, like, I, I, I swore after the last toy fair I was going to calm down. Floppy, did I calm down? No, he ramped it up to g- gazillion. A gazillion. <laughs> I did buy a lot of things. Mike, before with this toy, like, this guy just kept coming back and back with piles of stuff in his arms. Well, I mean, I got a yeah, lot I'll of... i tell you what, you did do better. You did stay at the table longer this time because I threatened you a lot. It's well, no, it's because we were actually busy and there were people around. And I threatened you. I was going to so, sell your stuff cheap. Uh, apparently, I was talking to Brett afterwards when we all went out for dinner. Yeah. And he said we had, what was it, 600 more people on top of the 1,000 that he usually gets? Yeah, yeah. It was huge, a huge day. Um, so head There's on over to... more that. stores than he'd ever had, too. Yeah, Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair on Instagram and Facebook. That's on there. You can see roundups of the day. I know, um, sorry, I know Dylan in the chat is disappointed he missed out, man. Don't don't be disappointed, man. If you can't get there, you can't get there. But uh, plan to see if we can plan ahead and get you there next year. Yeah. Um, so I thought we would go through some of our pickups from the day. We all three of us were there. Well, the best part was all of us were there and then literally behind us were Brayden and Dan. And Dan on the, on the green light uh, comic On the green store. light to- table. So we actually got a photo. So head on over to Hack the Dino's Instagram uh, and you can see the photo. Funnily enough, I put that photo up on Facebook as well. Uh, <laughs> it's the most interaction and likes we've ever had. <laughs> I think it's because Dan and Dan Brayden were there. there. <laughs> yeah. It's because everyone just realized Dan wasn't dead. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. Okay. That's me stopping a gag. I'll tell you why after. Hey. There it is. There's the Dino hey, Boys. Look at that. This is kind of working. Hang on, let me see if I can make this better. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. That's but fine. They know what we look, look at like. Look at that. All of us. All the Hack the Dino crew, past and present. I was about to say future, but. Well, uh, I had a joke there, but. Yep. <laughs> Not going to do it. Anyway, uh, Floppy, why don't you take us through some of your pickups that you got? Uh, well, my pickups are pretty much in front of me. Mm. Um, so I got... Uh, the first thing I bought was this was this right here. Arcade stick for Dead or Alive 4 on the 360, mm-hmm. uh, which I found. Which was funny because the night before, I'd watched Dead or Alive the movie for the first time ever. And how was that? It was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what life is, isn't it? 
a bunch of experiences. Yeah, it was definitely an experience. There was some, there was some things and some other things in that film. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of glad I've seen it. It was like, it was fun. Anyone under 14, just block your ears very, very quickly. Oh. Was it an experience? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Under 14s, unblock your ears. <laughs> uh, so that was the first thing I purchased. Um, and then I bought Jade Empire on the original Xbox. Nice. Which would be a classic, uh, classic game for the original Xbox. Is that like the Cat Empire? Yes. More green? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Uh, and also, this one I, I found that I'd never heard of, uh, but it's Amerta, um, mm -hmm. City of Gangsters. It looks like a RTS style or at least you know, top-down style gangster sim. Just, just sounded cool. It was really cheap. So I cool. picked that up. Have you managed to pop it in yet? Uh, I haven't played any of it yet. Oh, man. Because I finished Toy Fair and then had like a really busy week at work. So yeah, fair enough. Haven't, today was my first day off. Uh, I also picked up some boxed 64 games. So Very got, proud of you for doing that. I was super stoked to get Turok 1 and Turok 2. Now, Turok 1, unfortunately, is not in the original box. It's got the slipcase and things like that, which I will, I'll get a box for it. Uh, but Turok 1, Turok 2. Um, what was the other one I picked up? Banjo. Banjo Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo Banjo which I thought was... Oh, yeah, he's down there. Yep. Which is down there. Yep. Really happy to have uh, old mate Banjo in the collection. Um, um, should we tell the, the quick story or should I tell the quick story about the gentleman whom we bought those games from? Oh, nah. yes, please. Because oh, my pickups came from mean? him too. Um, so uh, a whole bunch of us bought some stuff from uh, this gentleman. When So secret that people may not realize, the people who set up stalls at these toy fairs get free range of everyone else's stuff before oh, the yeah, doors the even open. Best deals are done before public gets there, sorry. So... Uh, it's almost worth your while buying a table and just selling whatever <laughs> so you can get access to all the collectible stuff beforehand. Um, that's how I got last year. I got uh, the original Legend of Zelda NES mm, that's right. uh, for like a really good price. Um, it happened again this year, which I'll go through a little bit later on. But we were walking past uh, this one gentleman called Julian and he was setting up his stuff and Game Boy very Dad was there. Man. He was very, very nice person. Uh, Game Boy Dad was there as well and Game Boy Dad said, hey, Ben, you ever seen this before? And this gentleman, Julian, pulled out uh, StarCraft 64, almost mint in its box. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's a very rare and a very expensive game. Not the most expensive one he had, though. Uh, no, it was. It's more, it's more than, than think, that other um, one. Oh, really? Floppy may be referring to the, the Super Nintendo game? No, no, th that's more. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah wow. StarCraft is worth more because it's a game people actually want to play, whereas the okay. other one, which I'll get into in just a second. <laughs> uh, so... I said to him, oh, well, you know, this game is literally, in that condition, would have been about a thousand bucks. And I said to him, uh, how much are you selling it for? He goes, oh, I have no idea. I was thinking like 50 bucks or something. And I just went, nah, get your phone out, bring up Notepad. We're going to go through all your games and yeah. I'm going to give you, you sat decent there for like prices. An hour. I did. I sat there for an hour with him going through all his games, uh, making sure he, like, not at, uh, Expensive prices, but sort of like, like reasonable. Reasonable prices. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Like, like, I bought these off worth. of him. Yeah. I bought games off of him. So I bought games off him as well. Uh, some of them I'll get into shortly, but I, I, <laughs> I know I annoyed a couple of people because they wanted to swoop in. and They wanted to swoop in and undercut him. Exactly. And I just thought that was really, really dodgy because this is this guy's um, childhood. Yeah. Like he was parting with memories. And he deserves he deserves for holding on to it and keeping it in such good condition. Um, I watched. Uh, I walked over there and just happened to get there as he sold the Starcraft. Oh, really? And I was just like, man, what a happy time! He just got so much money. Yeah, I think he got that and the um, yeah, it was a good eight hundred plus dollars for that and a controller. Mm -hmm. So he did really, really yep. well there. Uh, but yeah, the game. Then the next day, went before doors opened, he came over to our table and Anto gave me a call and said, "Oh, can you come back here? Julian's got something he wants to see how much it's worth." I said, yeah, sure thing. So I walked oh, over there yeah. and he pulls out Days Before Christmas, which is a very rare Super Nintendo game, a uh, very rare Sega game as well. Very, very, very low print run. But again, perfect mint condition. It was just missing the manual, which is, you know, hinders the price a bit. But he said, oh, how much for that? And I just went, oh, well, that's, you know, five to $800, uh, depending on if you got the manual and whatnot. So I think he still had that at the end of the day. He did. No one bought that one. Um, but he did help me out with some stuff. He did sell me something that he wasn't going to. But because I helped him, he helped me. Uh, he also gave me a 50% discount off uh, some games that I bought mm. off him. But before we get into that, we'll go into Anto because oh, I will well, ramble. All, oh, finished. sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I did buy um, 
a really cool PSP game that I never owned, but I always wanted, which was the third birthday. So I got that in a box, really good condition What's too. What's the third birthday? It's creepy. Creepy? Yeah, it's like a, you think... It's effectively Parasite Eve 3. Yes, thank you. Parasite Eve, Silent Hitty, Resident Evil, Eve, uh, Resident Evil vibes. But one that I always wanted to play, never had, never saw, never got, but found a box one. So I got that, but I also got a childhood game that I wanted to replace, which was Spider-Man 2 on the PS1. Nice, that's a good game. That is a good, Um, good game. And the last thing I bought was from Julian. So I, as some of you know, I'd recently been putting together a huge collection of the Resident Evil 2 board game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've gotten, at this point, pretty much all the expansions and the base game that you can get retail. One thing I was missing was a Kickstarter bonus that you can't get unless you're a Kickstarter. And he was a Kickstarter and he had the entire collection there. He was selling it. He wanted to sell it as like a whole lot, which Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, do that. If you can do that. Um, At the end of the day, no one had bought. So he offered to sell me just the Kickstarter part that I required, which he did, which was the giant alligator. And isn't it weird that I reckon two or three shows ago you were talking about it and how you doubt that you'll ever get your hands on that Kickstarter one. And then there we go. There you go. Uh, this Adelaide life, Comic and Toy Fair. Life finds a way. <laughs> this Adelaide Comic Toy Fair was exceptional. It was like the best time I've had. Was, I think it's yeah one of the best fairs. Yeah. Uh, well, we've done five you together know, now. Yeah. I don't think... Well, I've done them ever since they started. Yeah, but we, I mean, I'm just talking about... Oh, I've, all of us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 us together. Or at least you and I have done five. Mm. Um, We've I, done two. Yeah, I, I didn't even see everything, I don't think. There were tables I didn't get to because the tables that were there just had so much stuff. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah. Um, like, for example, I was going through... Um, a couple of people had their friend's Spider-Man collection or comics. Mm. And I was going through it and I said, oh, how much are these? And I said, oh, five bucks each. Boom, 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 boom. Found one. Uh, you know, it's a $40 comic. Okay, yep. But I bought it to, to just justify. I bought it because it was a uh, plain cover and uh, Osti, King Kaiju, gave that to someone to draw and then lost it and never got it back. So I bought it to give to him. Oh, that's cool. Because it's lovely. an expensive comic and I yeah. knew he wasn't going to spend the money on it. But then I went to give it to him. He goes, oh, no, I ended up buying another copy. So I went, oh, okay then. And I traded it for other comics. Uh, Anto, what did you get? Hello. Uh, so I'm gonna pull up uh, Discord because, again, you know, I don't have anything with me and my camera's not working. So yep. uh, Floppy also got Rocky on GameCube, which I was explaining to Ben um, is actually super buggy. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, uh, it's my favorite pickup of the of the weekend. Just just quickly, I'm just looking at the time and everything. This yep. is going to be a long ass episode, everyone. <laughs> Just yeah, strap in fun. now. It's going to be a longer than usual episode. Sorry, there's some stuff in here we can skip. Yeah, yeah I'll be able to to sort of breeze through mine pretty quickly because most people are going to roll their eyes at the first five or so pictures anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, I wasn't referring to you. <laughs> I know, but... Game Boy Dad's picked up the mantle now. <laughs> go, Anto. So, um, assuming I've done this in the right place. There we go. You got um, a couple of cool figures. I did. I found uh, Cloud from Advent Children in his Advent Children attire, which is the animated sequel movie they made for Seven. I should watch that after. Um, Aerith is just in her generic default original Seven outfit. Um, I also found one of these. Let's use the fancy photo. Um, this is a Shadow Creeper, one of the monsters that's born from the live stream after Sephiroth corrupts it in the movie. Um... I also found Bahamut Sin. So this is one of the summon monsters you can get in the original game. I like um, that you photographed them like they're all jazz singers. Yeah, it's <laughs> great, right? Um, this one I got for $5 because his arm was broken. And, you know, I just took it home, fixed it up, stuck a bit of glue on it. Bam, done. It's now sitting in my shelf happily. Um, this one is super cool. Uh, this was something I just got handed to me by Osti Kinkaiju. This is a Sega Tips hotline hard case. So I'm fairly confident, somewhere in the region of 90%, that these came from uh, video and game rental stores mm-hmm. where they would chuck the manual and the cartridge in, hand it to you, and then if you got stuck while you were renting this over a weekend, you could call the hotline, get help with it, that kind of thing. Um, it's That's cool, the kind of stuff cool that I... to have. Yeah, I love that sort of stuff. I've You've still got that. It's called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like uh, the case, yeah. uh, that's the kind of like rare stuff that I love to collect. And I said that to Ando when he got it. I just went, that's really cool. Mm. Like, I saw it on the table at a thing, didn't realize what it was, and I just almost pushed it off the table thinking it was a bit of rubbish. <laughs> 
But yeah, no, that one's um, that's gone into my little Sega shrine, which I've started outside of the FF7 one. I also picked up Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions, which was one of the two PSP Final Fantasy releases that I'm missing, so I only need one more to finish my collection. Nice. Um, so if anyone comes across Final Fantasy IV on PSP, let me know. Is that a pricey one? Um, somewhere in the region of between 40 to $90, depending oh, on it's not that bad. It. I'm sure it'll fall in my lap at some point. <laughs> well, if it does, you know who to come to. Um, I know who to sell it to. <laughs> me. I also did some buying from... Uh, Julian, the gentleman that Ben helped price his N64 stuff, uh, he had Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3, all boxed, all complete, manuals, carts are in really good condition. Um, I haven't seen a boxed Sonic 3 for close to 20-odd years. Well, was that uh, the last one you saw? Was it yours? The first and only one I ever saw was the one I got in 1994. Uh, for I think it was a joint Christmas present from my father when he was still in the picture. Um, yeah, so I haven't seen that for a long time, um, and it's got you know the original Michael Jackson composed music in it as well instead so of the cool. awful stuff that came out in the Origins collection. And there's my dumb green screen face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't pick up quite as much as my lovely co-hosts, but I feel like my stuff is equally as emotionally important. Oh, of course, no. Well, you collect oh, because you collect. I like- didn't. Uh, I didn't pick up that much actually. I I was going in with a plan to pick up one thing, which I couldn't get, <laughs> and I didn't pick up much either. <clears throat> That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> Let's so, get on to Ben's stuff, go ben. you've got the All right, let me trove. crack my neck. So, I did buy a whole lot of comics. Uh, I had some comics to sell. Uh, I've recently started collecting uh, Amazing Spider-Man and X-Men again, uh, from sort of like number one onwards. Oh, so you're not doing just the Green Goblin? I, I'm doing them as well. Uh, turns out, I've pretty much got every Green Goblin comic from after Norman dies to current. Spoilers? I didn't know he... No, I did. He, he died about 40 years <laughs> yeah, ago. <laughs> he's died like three times too. Um, so I managed to swap a lot of my comics for uh, comics uh, mm. with another gentleman who I've you been dealing with. trades, didn't you? I did a lot of trades. So in, in that set, just to quickly go through, I got the first appearance, which I have a double of, of Cletus Cassidy. So when Eddie Brock escapes and the Venom symbiote leaves a leaves little a thing little and becomes Carnage, I got that. Uh, I got uh, Demon in a Bottle, which is Ooh. an Iron Man storyline where right, he right, realizes right. that he's drinking too much and he like causes damage by going out drunk in the Iron Man suit. <laughs> and, like, Such an a good read. It's a really good story. Uh, I got the first appearance of Apocalypse from X Factor. Um, so classic villain there. It's a comic I always wanted because I really like Apocalypse and that was just in the bundle. Uh, plus a whole bunch of comics that I didn't have. I think I picked up something like close to 80 comics on that day. Uh, just through trades and buying them for two dollars each or something. So that was really table. good. But uh, yeah, stuff I purchased. Uh, so we'll kick it off with what I got from Julian, maybe. Mm-hmm. So after I priced up all this stuff, I got a whole bundle of games and said, "Okay, how much for this?" And he gave me a price, and I went, "Yeah, I'm not spending that much." Uh, but I did get Lilat Wars boxed in a really nice box. Uh, this is one of my favorite games on the 64. Uh, I, you know, something we're going to talk about uh, in a future episode of remakes that need to be done. I almost sent this to the chat saying, "Yeah, well, Lilat Wars." This game. And sorry, I don't know this game. Star Fox. Yeah, just for the, the American game. audience. Like, I know what it is. Star Fox 64. Yeah, I think I've ever seen it. Um, but you know, that's every Star Fox has come out has been a remake of Lilat Wars, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I also got, and I'm going by the camera here, so you have to excuse me. I got Pokemon Stadium boxed. That's cool. So I had this as a kid. I bought it on launch day, kept it, and of course, as a dumb kid, you just throw out the box. Uh, this doesn't come up very often in the box, complete. Um, so grabbed it. Very, very happy to add that to the collection. And I got, oh God, I can't put that in there. Hang on. Also got Conker's Bad Fur Day from Julian, but that was in a VHS case. Um, it's a game I don't have. Now I do. Uh, yeah, so he bundled all that together, came to this price, and then just gave me 50% off. So that was really, really nice of him because I helped him out. Uh, something else I got as well as a part of a bundle uh, was Double Dragon 2 and Double Dragon... Uh, sorry, Double Dragon 3 and Double Dragon 1 and Donkey Kong 64 and Mission Impossible all for the Nintendo 64. Donkey Kong Country 4, uh, 64 is an awful game, but it is boxed and complete. It's just the box is a little rough. Uh, I've got well, it I can say a, a little rough. It's very rough. <laughs> but I've got it in a plastic case to try and straighten it out and um, you know hopefully make the tears disappear on the box. But, you know, a box game is a box game. Uh, and 
uh, as well as I got Castaway and I got uh, Michael Jordan's Chaos and Windy City. Really, really cool as well. Uh, then as we were just about to leave on the Saturday, no, the Sunday before, um, you know, doors closed and we had to get out of there, I was went up to a table and I saw a game that I knew was rare. It's called, it's for the Game Boy, Kirby Star Stacker. It's a puzzle game for the Game Boy, original Game Boy. I knew it was a rare game because I'd seen the cart go for about $35 by itself. Uh, so I thought, oh, that's cool. So I picked it up and I said, oh, how much for this one? And he said, oh, 50 bucks. And I thought, oh, that's not bad, but I'll try my luck. I said, oh, would you take 40 for it? And he said, yeah, all right, not a problem. So I grabbed it for 40 bucks. Went back to the table, was showing floppy. He took a photo and sent it to someone. Uh, I thought, oh, I'm just going to look up and see how much it's actually going for. Looked it up. It goes for $400. Jesus. That's <laughs> no. 10 times what you paid. I didn't know. I knew it was rare, but I mean, wow. no, no judgment on my part. Like, I think $40 for any boxed Game Boy game in that condition is a steal. Yeah, that, I would, absolutely. I would have bought it. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, I was really happy. And because it is a Nintendo property, uh, I just grabbed it. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. But the purchase of the weekend for me uh, was this game I'm holding in my hand. This, I couldn't believe... You were like so, <laughs> so, so excited and giddy when you got this. Yeah. So this is a game and watch game called Gold Cliff. It's a blue box. Uh, I had this as a kid. If you head on over to Mr. Benjamin, I'll put the whole story up there, but very, very quickly. Uh, I had this game and watch bought to me as a kid before Game Boys came out. So I used to play this everywhere as opposed to a Game Boy. I used to take it with me. I played it so much until it broke, basically, and got thrown out. Uh, I've never been able to find it. It had a really low print run, so it goes for a lot of money. One of the store vendors who owns a shop had a whole bunch of like almost brand new Game & Watches, like pristine, yeah, mint Game & Watches, and Goldcliff was in there. And I saw it, and he also had a Dino Rider, a Taurosaurus that was almost complete. Whoops. Triceratops. Taurosaurus. Um, and I was super tempted by both of them, but there were a lot of money. Anyway, I managed to sell a lot of stuff, so uh, towards the end of the day, I went, oh, bugger it, I'm going to go see if the Taurosaurus is there. Went down, it was gone. But the gold cliff was there, but it was pulled towards the back. So I talked to, was talking to the vendor and I just said to him, uh, so what, what's happening with that gold cliff? And he said, oh, a friend of mine messaged me after he heard that I had it and said that he wants to negotiate and try and um, uh, buy it off me. And I went, oh, and he goes, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with him saying, oh, we'll talk about price because <laughs> uh, he had a, a specific uh, price in mind. And I just said, well, hypothetically, let's say... I had that money in cash right now and I, uh, I I got it out of my wallet. And he said, oh, I'd have to call my friend and say that one of my staff sold that game he was after. <laughs> so I went, okay. Boom. But this game, I think you'll agree, Floppy, for the podcast listeners, it is mint. Like it is almost oh, straight out of the I factory. I have never seen a Game & Watch look so minty fresh. Yeah. Ever. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then very, very quickly, because we are way over time, baby. Yeah. Uh, I got uh, the uh, yesterday was into cash converters and got the Super Mario Brothers board game and the Mario Golf Kit set, which has uh, Mario <laughs> Balls. So now I can play with Mario's balls. Um, <laughs> I think we should skip straight to your topic. Okay. Uh, I, no, one thing. Let's just quickly talk about the Mario trailer. Oh, okay. Yes. Mario very, trailer. very quickly. Then we'll talk about um, other stuff. This face really does work for a lot of these uh, these topics and opinions that I have. <laughs> yeah, it's very coincidentally uh, accurate. Uh, um, so coming out today, as we record this, was the Mario movie trailer for the first time. The first time we got to see Mario's face and hear yep. the voice. That wasn't a leak. Correct. So we, I saw the leak. I wasn't impressed with it so far. I didn't. I didn't look at the leak because you know me. Yep. But uh, you also did point out that uh, you know one's green grab on a dodgy camera isn't necessarily how it's going to look it just looked a bit weird his face looked a bit stretched so i was going not fair i watched this trailer this morning and holy crap i am so excited for this film i i was neither here nor there about it like i didn't particularly care this trailer made me go like yeah i'm gonna need to see this at a cinema yep i completely agree uh i i was blown away a jack black i always knew was gonna be good as bowser but so wow, good. he nailed it. The fact the penguins were there. Uh, anyone who's played Mario 64 knows all about the penguins and all, knows all about the meme and knows that every single person did when they played Mario 64 and had to do that penguin quest. You dropped that little penguin off the cliff, didn't you? Didn't you? You did. Everyone did. 
Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> that face is perfect for that. All I have to say... Yes? Actually, no, it's not all I have to say. So, what I want to say is that that's perfect. Yep. <laughs> yep. They have somehow managed to completely capture the energy that Jack Black has and translate it into Bowser. Yeah, it's unreal. There's also some cam footage of Jack Black when they did the trailer review at, uh, I think it was one of the cons that's on at the moment, New York City Comic Con. TwitchCon? Yeah. Uh, TwitchCon, maybe. Uh, he's on stage. And he's sitting in a throne. Yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, okay, you want to hear Bowser's voice? And he just does this monologue in Bowser going, you want to beat me, Mario? You got to come over here, buddy. And then just start singing and everything. Uh, it, it's great. Man, so, that really hurt my throat. I really it's... liked um, Chris Pratt's voice as Mario. Yeah, see, a lot of people are hating on it. Yeah, but it's because they will be fanboys. Yeah, like... You change it, so it's they hate it. Or if you don't change it, they hate it. So It's like I Star have... Wars fanboys. I have a couple of things, like... I was in the same boat as you, Floppy, when they announced this was happening. I mm-hmm. was like, okay, cool, whatever, like, fine. Um, then they revealed the cast, and I was like, oh, that might be a bit weird. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, okay, cool. This is going to do very well. It's going to be super successful. It's probably going to blow Sonic's record out of the water for, like, highest grossing it will. video game movie. It just Purely will. because of the... Already like the the fan base that it already has. Yeah, mm. like it's it's a Nintendo property. It's yeah. gonna do well, effectively no matter what. Well, it's the Nintendo property. Yeah, like exactly. Mario is instantly more recognizable than any other video game character. I'd wager. Yeah, more recognizable than Jeebus. Yeah. Um, my issue with it, and I'm absolutely happy. Hello, Oxalaco. Thank you for for joining us. Um, I'm absolutely happy to be called out on my lack of nostalgia for Mario because, like, I like the games. I don't have any kind of emotional or like super personal attachment to the series or the character as a thing. So I'm not based on this trailer. I want to see more and hear more of the voice cast before I'm fully on board. Yeah. I mean, I was similar with the Sonic movies. Yeah. Because I wasn't a Sonic kid. I was a Mario, Mario kid. Um, so I understand where you're coming from there. It's perfectly reasonable. Anto and I were talking about it on before and we're saying, you know, I sort of wanted to point out that, there's good, the, the people that are going to speak the loudest against this are a very small group of people. This was not made for the diehard Mario fans. This no. was made for the entire world yeah. mm. to get behind. and. But to, it looked and, beautiful. It did. Like it the CG, really the cool. animation looked amazing. Yeah. The comedy, uh, like you it's could have... The, it's comedy that adults and kids will both get something out of it. Yep. And it's that comedy that Pixar is really, really good at doing. Mm-hmm. And Illumination as it's, well with, with like the minions and Gru like and everything. physical comedy. Yeah. But they've done it in animation. Like, um, great. And I realized as well, I put it on my Twitch before, I have seen, gone from seeing Mario Brothers in arcades to playing Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers was the very first game I ever played. Uh, playing Super Mario Brothers at home on a console to his sequels to seeing an animated series, a TV series. The movie. The movie <laughs> to now this trailer. Mm. And I've just realized I've grown up with Mario in my life this entire time and holy crap, I'm old. Yes, you are. <laughs> Anyway, we do have some more items. If we have enough time after our topic, we'll come back and briefly touch on some of them. If not, it's okay. You can go to our website and we can talk about it later. But the topic of the show, which I'm talking about, we used to call them tots. Remember that? Remember tots? Yep. I like that. We should bring that back. We're going to talk about the 10 biggest flops in video game history. Now, this isn't the definitive. to right. No, I said biggest. It's pretty tall. That's not what I'm referring to. Yeah, we're uh, keeping it PG, mate. <laughs> well, I'm talking about girth. Yeah, we're keeping it PG. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wink. Uh, I'm talking about 10 video game uh, properties or consoles that didn't live up to their expectations. In fact, didn't go anywhere at all. And this, of course, was to tie into the fact that Stadia is now dead and dead. buried. And no one saw that coming, did no, they? No, certainly not when they announced it and no. all the uh, IGN people are going, eh, it's We'd like to make a mention that we know that everyone straight off the bat is going to be saying Cyberpunk and No Man's Sky. Nope. But we haven't included them purely because they were at launch, but then they were worked on they were, and, and, and they improved them to such a point. They're great games. Mm. The... Mm recent resurgence of popularity that cyberpunk has seen thanks to the anime as well yeah it's good anime 
I haven't, anime. Watched, I haven't watched it yet. Has elevated it to halfway through something that's worthwhile. Yeah. So yeah. those games no longer belong on this list because no. they may have come out and launched as flops, but they have. I can't What's... say flops without. <laughs> Cyberpunk uh, recently had over a um, hundred million players yeah. or something concurrently. Yeah. Most concurrent players, I think, in a single-player game that CD Projekt Red have made in their history. Yeah, like it, it's beaten out The Witcher Three for the first time ever. And as a result, they've announced a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah, cool. So we're going to get started uh, with the number biggest 10. flops. Number 10, something we talk about, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But Superman 64 for the Nintendo 64. We've spoken about this ad nauseum. I think I bring it up every second show. 99. Uh, Titus Interactive's ambitious plans for the game far exceed the console's limitations, and only a fraction of their intended game managed to be uh, included after it was published. I've got a copy of this. Uh, so do I. I've got a box copy. Probably ended up pushing less than half a million copies sold, thanks in large part to its nearly unplayable status, horrid graphics, and uninspired gameplay. Apparently there's a level really early on where if you pick up a car, there's no way for you to put it down and you can't finish, finish the, the game. game. Yep. Yeah, you're just, you're just stuck now. You get stuck in walls. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't walk past boxes. Like wooden, The Superman can't walk past a wooden box. Everything's just got a green gas around it. Yep. No, that's uh, kryptonite. So yeah. that's what they're using, but it's actually just loading screens. And her? punch animation also makes him look like he's trying to drunkenly brawl against a bee. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an awful game. You can go back to any of our previous episodes and hear us rag on Superman 64 yes. anytime you want. For these? We do. Uh, I wasn't going to push it, though, because I didn't want to uh, uh, rock the dino PC <laughs> past his limitations. Yeah, we'll be all right, mate. So we'll leave that up to Anto. Uh, what's number nine, Floppy? Number nine is the Engage. Yeah, did you ever see one of these? I have seen one. I've never played one or My tried to use one. A friend of mine had one, and I remember when he had it, ripping into him, just going, why would you want to play games on your phone? <laughs> uh, that's going to make the battery go flat. And then you won't be able to use your phone. Now you're an idiot. Your phone. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Engage released in 2003 is a small handheld console designed to combine a feature-packed mobile phone uh, with handheld games console. It kind of reminds me of a Game Boy Advance. When reminds me of a taco. Oh yeah, a taco, which yep, is what it was called. Uh, sales were so poor that the system price dropped by a hundred bucks within a week of its release. <laughs> if that's like, how bad does it have to be that in a week you go? Yeah, we should probably make this cheaper. Yep. Not not give it another week. Oh, better drop that. <laughs> uh, the cartridge slot. This is the best part. This oh, is the this part is that gets the me the most. This is kicker. killer. The cartridge slot was located beneath the battery, so you had to pull out the battery to change the game. Yep. <laughs> um, um, uh, they brought out a second iteration shortly yeah. after the launch. That didn't have that in there, but by then the damage was... It done. was already done. It was oh, done. Look, apparently, it was done within the first week. Yep. Uh, fewer than 3 million units were sold during the platform's three-year run uh, against projections of 6 million. So I even think that was probably... Generous. Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning that, at least in the UK and Europe, um, Nokia came under fire for their ad campaign for the phone. Um, it was particularly when they were advertising the Tomb Raider ports that came to the device. Um... I can't remember the exact wording, but it was effectively like show Sarah who's boss and leave her in the ditch or something. Oh, and it was whoa. like stuff like that plastered all over bus stops and train stations, and the imagery was wow. like not well thought out. That one was it? Freaking nineties, man. Without a lot like, to answer for. without triggering or causing offense or upsetting anyone, it was sort of almost insinuated that like yeah, no, we don't were, need to go into it. I think know, we all know. I think you know where I'm going. Yep, I think we know. Let's just move that on. Contributed to the death of the system very early on. <laughs> Quite rightly so. If they're going to go with those bottom ground tactics. Oh yeah. Um, something else that was bottom ground was the power glove by Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> I have one of these. Uh, it gained public attention due to its early virtual reality reality, reality mechanics and significant marketing, which they did. Uh, however, it's two games that were made to incorporate... Only two, only two games. Uh, were not packaged with it. Uh, and it was criticized for its imprecise and difficult-to-use controls. So, again, the whole idea of the Power Glove, as we can see on the scene, is that you put this glove on and it acts as a controller. You can control Mario by going up, down, left, right. It didn't do that. You had to use the directional pad with the majority of those. Punch out, you couldn't use it to punch people. Uh, that's no. all bollocks. <laughs> um, only two games were released that took advantage of the uh, Power Glove. Super Glove Ball, a faux 3D puzzle maze game, and Bad Street Brawler, a beat-em-up. 
Both games are playable with the standard NES controller, but include moves that can only be used with the glove. I don't have the final sales numbers. Was well, there not a driving one that you could use, like you were driving a steering wheel? No, that was one of the fallacies they had on the, yep, on the ad. I'm like pretty you, sure you're thinking of Rad Racer. Yep. That was the one where it came with 3D glasses. You hit select and it went like faux 3D uh, with the blue and red yep. film. Yep. Man. My, I, I, uh, most mornings I have coffee with my neighbor. And yep. My neighbor and my friend. Not just a random, he's a friend. I don't just break into a person's house. <laughs> um, and we, one of the things we quite often talk about is when are we going to get a power glove? Like an actual power glove. We've got the tech. We've got the finger. No, no, no. Not what Nintendo tried to give us in uh, in in what year was it? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. But an actual what they promised. When are we going to get something that we wear that we can use with finger grips and it would be perfect for VR? When are we going to get this? Isn't that what the valve is? Well, that no, no, just like a glove that allows us to do all of that. I'm pretty sure that's what the valve Not is. The controller that you hold. Oh, okay. An actual wearable glove so that you can utilize all your fingers, let go, grasp. Like, when are we going to get that? Speaking of uh, grasping. Yes. Uh, what's what's the next thing? <laughs> oh, that would be me. Yeah. Uh, old mate ET on the Atari. Yeah. Now this is for a different reason. This is not the horrible game that it is ridiculed for being. It's not a horrible. I mean, it's, it's not the best, but it's, it's not, not the, the worst game ever. It is definitely not a terrible game. So I am amazed that one dude made this game in six weeks. Yep. That's what he was given, and he made a working game in six. And weeks. let's not forget, Steven Spielberg played this and went, "Yes, okay, thumbs yes. up." So according to Times Union article in January of 1983, Atari plunked down $21 million just to secure the licensing for this. Uh, so by the time the post-Christmas dust had settled, Atari had failed to push 3 million copies, netting them a combined total of $536 million in losses. So that's what killed it. Yep. Uh, it was beginning, and that was over the total year that they'd had that as a loss. It was the beginning and the end of the Atari craze. It gained infamy as an urban legend for being buried in the desert, which was then proven true in a documentary, uh, Game Over, where it was found with many. Oh, now, I believe they found some, but it wasn't like the famed giant. No, they did. They found the giant surf. Like, they found the entire uh, dump site. But the urban legend was that it was just ET, ET cartridges. Yes, yeah. But, but it wasn't. A, they found a dump site of Atari cartridges. Yeah, it was Atari consoles. ETs. Yeah, the ETs were in there, but there was Yars Revenge in there. All these top sellers in there as well. They were just getting rid of old yeah, stock. It was yeah. their surplus after they died. And yeah. as for it destroying the company, yeah, I'm sure it was ET and not the insane hooker drug cocaine parties ET. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Atari, Atari was well known for having yeah. all the time. Yeah, there were game-breaking bugs, but guess what? They, we have games like Cyberpunk where there's game-breaking bugs today. It just we means have, that not enough time yeah, was developed and the game. big wigs up top wanted something out for Christmas to capitalize on sales. Atari killed themselves and this game happened to come out right at the end and it, uh, I think it unfairly gets a bad rap. Absolutely it does. I don't think it's a good game. No, but, but it's, it's not the worst ever. It doesn't get the worst thing, but it was a flop. It was. Speaking of flops... Yes, mate. Uh, <laughs> how do you Every- feel about boys? Are they real or virtual? They're virtual. <laughs> virtual boys? Yeah. Give me headaches. Same here. But I've got one. And it's also a massive flop. Um, now, there's a whole bunch of reasons why this failed. Uh, so this was the guy who created the Ultra Hand, Yokei Gunpei. Um, I think what? that's his, uh, What's his name? Gunpei Yokoi. That's the one. Thank you. Gunpei <laughs> Yokoi. Dry. Um, so he created the Game Boy, he created the Ultra Hand. This was his uh, swung song at Nintendo. Uh, it failed due to a majority of reasons, but uh, issues related to players getting eye strain, which is what I do, stiff necks, nausea, and headaches while playing the system, along with the console's price and lack of portability. So it was a Virtual Boy uh, where they were maintaining you could uh, play virtual reality anywhere, but you couldn't. Do you know what it reminds me of? When you get your eyes tested and you have to put your face in that yeah. thing that sprays... Look, it does look cool. It's just not practical it at all. It does look cool. It, it's a really cool thing, but it, it's horrible to play. And if one of those lenses get knocked out... So the one I have up there, when I first got it, one of the lenses wasn't working correctly, so I had to go and get it repaired. Mm. Um, yeah, it still gives you headaches. You st- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you probably shouldn't have just got it repaired and just kept it on the shelf. Oh, well, it's playable now. Um, but they go for big money now as well. Playable... If you want. If you want headaches. Not many people want to. Uh, next one is the Apple Bandai Pippin. 
which is made by Apple and Bandai, now Bandai Namco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a computer with four CD ROM, a four times speedy ROM drive, or four CD ROM drives. Four times uh, four CD ROM, speed, yeah, speed, ROM, CD ROM. and a video. I got so confused by that writing then, and a video output that could connect to a standard television monitor. Uh, released in 1995 in Japan, 1996 in the States, and the market was already dominated by the 64, the PlayStation, amongst other things as well. Uh, the Bandai Pippin also cost a US $600. Back lot, in 1996. Which was more expensive than anything else that was out. Uh, total sales were around 42,000 units. Massive failure. I've actually seen one of these. Um, I've never seen one. It's not a bad console. It's basically a PC. Yeah, it's uh, too much. It cost too much. Cost too much. Didn't I think it had Doom as like its biggest game? Dude, everything had Doom. Calculators have Doom. Yeah, not back then they didn't. Uh, Anto, so um, Bando Pippin, as we've heard, is pretty abysmal, overpriced, pretty garbage. But there was one game that came out for it, which was called Marathon, which was made by a studio called Bungie. Oh, yeah, what'd they make? They went on to make Halo, one of the most successful first-person shooters ever made. Oh, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> um, but also, Bandai had like a really weird hardware relationship with quite a few different people. They were responsible for, like, I think it was called the Pico. It was like a Sega Pico. Yep. It was like a kid's video game system, like an edutainment one. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just a really weird set of decisions, and Apple wanted to get into the console market for some reason. Yeah. But, well, I mean, yeah. they haven't tried since, and really, they don't need to now because they've got their phones. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, a game, yeah. Babylon's Fall. Now, this is a fairly modern game. For those of you who don't know, it's an online action role-playing game developed by Platinum Games and published by Square Enix for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC, and attempted to combine the combat system featured on Near Automata with multiplayer. Uh, it was delayed multiple times uh when it was revealed from, I don't know what I wrote there, but 2018 it was revealed and it was delayed multiple times. Uh, The concurrent player count peaked at 1,179 players on the day of its release. That's release day. By April 13, 2022, it was reported that the game's player levels had fallen below 10 concurrent players. And on May 4th, 2022, the game's player count reportedly dropped to a single Player, not a single <laughs> deer, one person and playing it was that this game. One person that had their PlayStation in rest mode. <laughs> so uh, you were saying you've got a sealed copy of this? Yeah. So we, I saw this on here, and Anto was at my place before we got here, and I picked it up off. I think you picked it up off the table, didn't you, Anto? I did. I grabbed and it and was like, "Why do you have a sealed copy of this?" I'm pretty sure I'm, they just discontinued development and work. They on did it. discontinue, so I grabbed <laughs> a sealed copy of it. I'd... But can you imagine the money, like having it delayed so many times since 2018? Yeah, I know. And then to release it and nothing happens. The like, amount of people that would have poured their like work time into this as well. It's kind of sad. So Dylan the Villain in the live chat over at twitch.tv backslash hack the dino has said, fun fact, by the time the service shut down, it would not have even lasted a year. Yeah, not even a year. <laughs> wow. Uh, Floppy, what's the next big flop? Oh, the next one is the Atari Lynx. We should have called this segment 10, uh, Floppy's 10 Biggest Flops. <laughs> That's a whole different list. <laughs> uh, so this was released in 1989 in North America and Europe, later in Japan in 1990. Uh, it was the world's first handheld electronic game with a color LCD screen, but that came at a cost. Mm. Uh, it was huge. Yep. It was cumbersome. Have you ever held a Lynx? Yeah, it's heavy. It's man. like this big. It, it is massive. massive. <laughs> it is massive. Uh, it took six AA batteries, and you got three to four hours out of that. <laughs> a packet of batteries. Look at the size. It's almost six, as wide as that kid's shoulders. Six AA batteries, six which AA. cost what? Say 15 bucks? We'll say that, sure. No, probably not, probably 10, but yeah. Three to four hours of play. Three to four hours. Uh, There were 76 games released, and none of them were memorable, I don't think. I'm sure they ported. Did they port Golden Axe to it, I think, or something like that? Possibly. I know Mrs. Pac Man was on there because I used to have a sealed. Golden Axe was a Sega property, and at the time it wouldn't have been on here. No? Okay, so. Batman got a release. Batman, Um, okay. But they were also going up against the Game Boy at this point. Yeah. And I remember at the time, I was actually really worried, being a Nintendo fan, that the Atari Lynx came out and the Game Gear came out. And I was really worried because they had 
colour. <laughs> but then shortly after that, they brought Game out... Game Boy the, had colour too, just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they brought out the Game Boy Colour shortly thereafter this, yeah. which was a lot smaller, a lot more portable. You get a lot more playtime out of it, and it had Nintendo properties, which is why Nintendo keeps succeeding, because they have Nintendo properties. Well, the 90s cartoons, that kid was just filled with bullet holes. Yeah. <laughs> 90s, man. Man, we've got a lot of way with a lot of stuff in the we 90s. We have. Uh, so in 1996, the Atari Corporation collapsed due to the failures of the Lynx and... Uh, Jaguar consoles. Yeah, that was their last hurrah. Anto? Um, there's actually a really interesting bit of history behind the development of the Alien vs. Predator game that came out on the Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually started as a an exclusive for the Lynx. There's only one working prototype out there in the wild that someone got a hold of a couple of years ago, and it's just it's effectively just a slightly less good-looking version of what came out later on on the Jaguar. Like me. I'm a slightly less good-looking version of me in my 20s. <laughs> it's true. It's terrible. You know what else is terrible? Uh, I don't know. The Oya. <laughs> the Oya. The Oya. Oya. No, I'm Australian. Oya. 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 Uh, after Oya a success, now. after being a success on Kickstarter, the product was plagued by problems from the beginning. The console was very slow to ship and suffered hardware issues, along with stores getting units before Kickstarter backers. Ooh. <laughs> so Whoops. this was a console uh, that was supposed to be completely open source that you plugged into your TV, basically a Netflix type deal. Yeah, it was a Chromecast for games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had a very limited library of games. The critical reception ranged from lukewarm to outright calling it the console a scam. <laughs> These are professional James games journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, just two years after its le- release, Ouya was in dire financial situations. Uh, was in a dire financial situation and negotiated a buyout with Razer. Razer continued to run software services for the Ouya until 2019, after which the company deactivated all accounts and online services, rendering most apps unusable. If that's not a do you know what's funny? Finite. I don't know what. Uh, former co-host Dan McGuinness has one of these. <laughs> he was a Kickstarter. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, he used to always joke about it. He still has his Ouya controller that he used to have around yeah. everywhere. Yes, I do remember that. All right, last one. Last, the biggest flop. Well, it's not really the biggest flop, but the last. The biggest, the flop. most surprising flop. I most think. Surprising. I was surprised to see this on here until I sort of read into it. Mm. Uh, Conker's bad third day on the Nintendo sixty-four. Yeah. Massive flop. Yep. Uh, the game was originally designed to be family friendly. Yep. But was retooled after pre release versions of the game were criticized for their similarities to Rare's previous games. Well, Conquer first appeared in Diddy Kong Racing. Is that where it was? Yeah. So that's his first appearance, and he was like this happy, happy go lucky kitty character. Mm. Uh, and then he had, there was a Game Boy game called Conquer's Big Day or something like that. Something like that. And that was kitty friendly. Mm-hmm. And then they got criticism because this game was going to be exactly the same. And it so was in they the dying days. It to not kitty friendly. Correct. Uh, and just parodied the hell out of everything. Yeah. Uh, there was only 55,000 copies sold by April 2001. Which is why it's worth so much money now. Just for people who don't know, um, Conker's Pocket Tales was the uh, Game Boy game. Thank you, Michael Towns, in the live chat. Uh, but f- yeah, for those of you who don't know, they're. Um, Conquer came out in the dying days of the Nintendo 64, yeah, as I said. Right so there end. wasn't, obviously... I think, in fact, the GameCube was already out when it released. Uh, yeah, it was a 2001 release, I think. Yeah, so the they car... They didn't really promote it. No, so obviously Nintendo's not going to promote it. They're a family-friendly company. Uh, it is made by Rare, though, so, you know. Uh, but a cart of Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which you can see just down the front here, um, goes for about $200, with the box one going for about 450 so, oh, no, you got the cart over there. Yeah. It's like the box is here. Uh, uh, and there we have it. Reload it onto Xbox, didn't they? Yeah, the reload was on the uh, capture collect. They actually did a remaster as well for the Xbox um, once they got the license. But anyway, so there's 10 of the biggest flops in video game history. There's plenty more. I'm pretty sure we'll re- revisit this topic once again. We've been Hack the Dino. This has been our gaming cast where we bring you the uh, video games news, previews, and discussions on all the things that the games like. Uh, if you like this, you can help us out. How can people help us out, Floppy? You can jump over to hackthedino.com, mm-hmm. click on the little Patreon button, mm-hmm. and uh, if you wish, become a Patreon. Oh, fantastic. Patreon people get a free uh, post-show uh, show. You do? <laughs> like, post-show attack show? The, like Attack of the Attackers? Attack of the Attackers. Uh, post show, post show, post show. <laughs> uh, you get a monthly Dino More extra show. Yep. 
Uh, at certain levels, we'll read your name out and do some more calls. So you can see down the bottom there for the people watching on twitch.tv backslash hack the dino or youtube.com backslash hack the dino, uh, we have got a lot of our Patreon supporters scrolling throughout the show. So if you have a business or a company or a website or whatnot, you can pay us something like two bucks a month and just uh, have free advertising for $3. the dozens of people who watch our show. I'd also like to show a part of that. Oh, but now I've done it. Yeah, see, contagious. <laughs> I'd like to throw a shout out to Ash Knight. Karen Knight, Dylan the Villain, Triple Indy, Mike Towns, Game Boy Dad. Game Boy Dad. But this isn't all we do. Did we thank Michael Towns, Game Boy Games? Yeah, we did. We did? Yeah, I said Mike Towns. Okay, good. Game Boy Games. Check out Game Boy Games. Game Boy Games. Mr. Townsy for hitting Twitch affiliate last week. Oh, Oh, very good. Twitch affiliate. Well done. Well done. Uh... So head on over to hackthedino.com. You can find all our links to our Twitch, our YouTube, our Spotify, our SoundCloud, uh, Patreon. It's all there, hackthedino.com. And if you don't have any money to throw our way, that's okay. We understand. You can help us out by telling your friends. A lot of the comments that we receive, uh, um, once people are exposed to us and our nudity. And have had their shots. Yep. They are are given superpowers, but actually like the show. And that's how shows grow. So by uh, recommending us, saying uh, you should listen to these two idiots, they ramble about crap, uh, you you might actually get a friend or two. Follow, subscribe, and share with one person. Done. Yeah, that's right. And just like the song, you've got a friend in me. A floppy. This isn't all we do. (laughs) It's true. It's not. What, what what do you do with your bad self? Uh, I also have a little page over on Instagram called Floppy Plays Games where I like to share images of things that I have purchased, picked up, uh, experienced, planning to play one day, including my uh, pickups from the Toy Fair nice. that we have there. Uh, what else have I got on there? Oh, one of the games I might stream this tomorrow, actually. I picked this up because it is super weird. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Alfred Hitchcock fan and they've made an Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo game. Nice. I don't know how close this is going to be to video Vertigo, the film, if at all, but I'll find out. Mm. But that's what I do. That's what you do. Anto? Hello. What, what do you uh, got going? I, um, as most people know, a bit of a Final Fantasy nut. Oh, really? When things load. Uh, nothing's updated on it too much just yet, but this is my, uh, what I'm happy to share with the world social media stuff. Um, I put up pictures of my Final Fantasy collection, which has grown quite a bit in the last week, thanks to a toy fair. Yeah, you're doing... We all did very well at that toy fair. We did very well. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the most impressive stuff I've got is in this little short here, the PlayStation 3 Advent Children release that came out after the movie did in Japan, the limited Crisis Core PSP, uh, which is numbered. Uh, there were only 77,000 of them made. Nice. I, I thought you were going to is... say 77, and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that rare. Um, I think mine is sitting around with 40,000 printed one. Um, got my little shrine to Final Fantasy VII because I own like 14 copies of it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, I will update this more as things move on. But yeah, other than that, this is me. <laughs> uh, you can head on over to Mr. Benjamin to see, likewise, all the stuff that I buy and purchase and pick up and, and have fun. And I'd like to announce thank you to everyone who watches this and actually did go and follow me because I finally cracked the 1,000 followers. Hey. So yay me. It kept on... Remember if there was about six months where it was just teasing me? <laughs> yeah, I, I kept unfollowing and then following again. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, one thing I forgot to share during our pickups, which has just reminded me, I got this. Which is a show bag from the 1999 Pokemon Poke Tour that came to Australia. Uh, we can see it on the screen there. In there is a uh, booklet, a label that you put on your books with Ash and Pikachu, and a pamphlet for all the Pokemon games and consoles that came out in 1999. So that's Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue. Uh, it did originally come with a card as well, which I didn't have, and I think some Pokemon Snap stickers. But that was really cool. I got that off Julian for 10 bucks, and he was he was only giving it away because he had a set of first edition Pokemon cards box sets that you had to buy, and he'd give you one of these. And I just said, well, I helped you out. Can I buy one? And he went, yeah, right, here. <laughs> Uh, so that's a really, really cool pickup as well. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, all my stuff is on there that I picked up, including uh, I got a PC big box of Indiana Jones and the Fane of Atlantis for a dollar. That is so good. That was really, really cool. Happy with that. Uh, as well as all the pickups Great I got game. from my um, uh, adventures in the Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair. Look at all those comics. There they are. Those are wonderful. Oh yeah, first appearance of Norman Osborn. I finally got that. because you I collect more comics and in this photo than I've picked up in my entire life i think well it's because i'm really cool yeah 
Yeah. That's what his mum keeps telling him. <laughs> but you can also head on over to Instagram's Hack the Dino at Hack the Dino for the official Hack the Dino Instagram where I don't put up a lot because it's time consuming and I don't have time to, to do all that sort of stuff. But if you go to hackthedino.com, there's a link there. You can join, follow us, share there. I put up a video every now and then. Um, there's a nice photo of all the dinos there looking all nice and lovely, all happy. Look at us, looking what a bunch of handsome people. We're going to get uh, Mr. McGuinness back on the show at some point very soon as well. Um, yeah, lots of plans coming along. So be sure to follow us on Insta, share it with friends and, and have a good old time. We haven't talked about one other page that you deal with. Oh, really? Oh, Bat Game Arts! <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Um, I've only put one up this fortnight. Floppy, I believe you've seen it. Bubble of the what on earth is that? So I've just got the uh, the, the quotation mark here. for. The, I can't explain this to the podcast listeners, but I think this description that I've put up there will explain it all. So there's a picture of a, a, a young ruffian riding an animal of some description. And all I've written there is, can you spot the penis? Floppy? I don't know which one of the three you're talking about. <laughs> so see the blue thing the kid's riding on? Yeah. See in between its legs? Oh. Oh, dear. Oh. Yeah. I would have assumed that was a tail. Nope, that, that's, uh, that's a dong, I'm pretty sure. That's uh, swinging all in the oh, breeze. I, see, I thought the bit next to his cheek, which might be... That's the, his arm. Yep, nope. Yeah, is it? Yep, yeah. two arms are no, accounted no, for. it's a leg. It's a leg. I thought that was it coming out the bottom of his shorts. No, it, it's, it's probably a tail, but it looks like a penis. Anyway, <laughs> bad game arts, where you can see the worst bad game arts. Oh, and the second one, the Dylan the Villain. If you've found some bad game art, head on, uh, head on over to bad game arts with Why an S. That guy got no head. Oh, because he's a wrestler. He's given himself a Did headlock. Dylan find this one, not you. Yeah, Dylan the Villain submitted this to me. Uh, oh, that's bad. Which you can too over at bad game arts. Put it up there. Have a look. Have a fun time looking at the bad game arts. That we have there. Wow. Worst art game art. Man, there was so many bad ones, didn't there? Oh, I love it. I, I thought I was going to run out. But whoa, no. whoa, what was that Finder's Keeper's Castle? Oh, there, that's um, the knight with the shining sword, the mischievous looking mouse, or the penis castle. Yep, that's the one that caught my eye. I bet. <laughs> but we've been Hack the Dino, you've been you, uh, and until this time uh, in the future, when you come back and go, remember this one simple thing. Anto? Uh, don't put your penis on game box art. Floppy. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's, that's the words I live by. Mm, mm. But um, if you do, mm? do things that you shouldn't do, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> pretend you didn't do them and mm. it all feels better. Mm. Mm. I've got something to tell you. Mm -hmm. And straight. Do, 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 yeah, we do, don't do, have an outro button. Do, do, do. Well, yes, we do. No, we don't. Scroll down. Left-hand side. Scenes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot I could do that. 